NBA Talking True Hoops. Now tip off with your host, Robin Nick. Welcome back, everybody, to week three of Talking True Hoops podcast. I'm Nick Parabos, and I'm here with Rob Schlatter back with you again for some more Talking True Hoops, Nick. Exactly. Quiet week for week three, but big headlines. Big headlines. Well, if we have big headlines, it doesn't really mean we have a quiet week, well, does well, it? Yeah, yeah. I would say that not that many stories to talk about. Yeah, but not not exactly the big headline grabbers, with the exception of a, a couple. But you know, there are stuff that there is stuff to talk about here in the NBA in week three. True. You want to jump right Let, in? Let's with, jump. Uh, let's Draymond jump right Green. into it. Yeah, with Draymond Green versus Mark Cuban, a little kind of a I don't know weird situation that brings in the NFL into the situation. Uh, has to do with Texans owner Rob McNair uh, with his uh, with his opinion on the protests when it comes to his team, the Houston Texans, when he says, uh, we can't have the inmates running the prison. Uh, a little interesting, uh, uh, a little analogy there for the Texans owner. And Draymond Green posted on his Instagram uh, saying, uh, basically, wow, this sure does sound very Donald Sterling-esque, but I'm sure the fans pay to see him and what he's putting at risk of CTE out there every Sunday, giving 110% inmates. Uh, for starters, let's stop using the word owner and maybe use the word chairman to be owned by someone is uh to be owned by someone just sets a bad precedent to start. Uh, it sets the wrong tone. It gives one the wrong mindset, and it just Draymond did uh, you know took exception to it. It was just it was not a good thing for him to look at. Yeah, I would I completely agree as to why Draymond jumped into this situation. Yeah. Coming from a man who prides himself on the court as being very physical and very strong. Yeah. He, he seemed very soft in this situation. Why do you say that? Like he was getting bothered by uh, like football. Like he was talking about CTE. I'm like, like why, what, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I mean, he Draymond's a guy that has a strong opinion on oh, topics. Yeah. Uh, he's never won. He actually, when the Bradley Beal situation, uh, when he got in a f- uh, little altercation with Bradley Beal, he had a lot to say on that and how the NBA was kind of um, – Putting him in an, a bad situation well, rather than Bradley. He does have a history, it's, but you know, looking at that and how Bradley Beal or how Draymond reacted in this situation to the uh, McNair comments, you know, and from my point of view, uh, looking at it and looking at McNair's comments, I could really see why he would take offense with it. Um, I think a lot now. It's just with the whole, even with the president. Uh, chiming in on it and everyone seems to be talking about what's going on with the NFL and the protests um the NBA says they don't have a pot you know have has no uh tolerance for them kneeling or doing anything like that so I could see why you know Draymond is going out there and saying something about it and wants to have his voice heard because he is a popular athlete he has he does have a voice and he wants to be heard and I they do have the right to have their voice heard and then Mark Cuban the other part of the story came outspoken out. Outspoken Mark Cuban. Outspoken Mark Cuban, who apparently, I don't know, there was something in the news that he may be running against Donald Trump in like 2020, but we're talking We're, not we're talking, talking basketball. We're not talking, talking basketball. We're, yeah, we're, we're not talking politics. We don't want to talk about that. Um, uh, he said for him to turn something, uh, ter- try to turn it into something it's not is wrong on Cuban's behalf, on what he says. He says, uh, Cuban also said he owes the NBA apology. I think he does because... Uh, to try and create a uh, connotation that's owning uh, equity in a company that you busted your ass 
in the uh, equivalent of an ownership in terms of people, that's just wrong. That's just wrong in every which way. So, um, you know, Cuban is defending, I guess, his own owners. He said he didn't. There was more came out that he said he wasn't. Um, that he wasn't really uh, supporting Draymond, or he was supporting Draymond in terms of, you know, the comment of the inmates running the asylum and everything, but in terms of being like an owner and how it is being an owner in the NBA yeah. or uh, of, a, of a big team, uh, he was kind of just defending him because Draymond was kind of just criticizing him, not knowing the perspective of being an owner. Yeah, I just, I didn't get the concept of why he was being, like, he had to mention about the owner and how he wants it called the chairman. Like a like yeah. a person who owns a restaurant, what are you going to call him? Chairman. I, yeah. Uh, well, I, it just the whole situation is kind of like I, I have no problem with him saying anything, and you know, Cuban can yeah, have his he opinion. Can say whatever Draymond, they want. And Draymond can have his opinion. Uh, you know, Draymond may want to consider getting more interested in what's happening in the court, but everyone, you know, now has a popular opinion on what's going on, especially when it comes to the NFL. It now seems lately with. You know how it's dabbling now in politics, basically with what um, you know how the president was, you know, bringing in the whole um, the the NFL players being, you know, what what they are and how they shouldn't be standing for the or how they should be standing for the national anthem and how they're disrespecting the flag. You can have whatever opinion that you want, and I really don't have any have I, any problem with Draymond voicing his opinion at all. I I, I don't, but. Uh, you know, Cuban can have his opinion, Draymond can, and it's just, it is what it is. So long story short, Bob McNish and I have said those words. Yeah, That's basically. probably the move. It really is, but honestly, like, though, I could see why you would take offense, especially that the fact that he used the word, um, the inmates running the prison. If he had said the inmates running the asylum, because that's kind of like a uh, a little a saying that is you that is used around, but to use prison is a bit you know offensive yeah probably shouldn't have said that. that's all right not karma's the, a because yeah. deshaun watson tore his acl and now houston's no, going nowhere <laughs> yeah that, that's <laughs> a, little, a little football talk for yes. you guys there um but moving on to another topic we have of course we talked about them last week and their struggles the cleveland cavaliers with lebron james and company lebron james lebron james lebron james lebron in a way to respond to the uh, struggles that the Cleveland Cavaliers were having. He came out against the Washington Wizards and had a monster 57-point game, almost a near triple-double. Put um, the team on his back. Put the team on his back. I put the team on my back, dude. Exactly. Put the team on his back. Um, and then, of course, the way LeBron does, he had to let everyone know, I'm back in playing shape. I'm back doing this. I'm, I'm LeBron. Of course, we all know you're the best player, LeBron. Don't get me wrong. We all know. You're the man. You're the man. And he came out. I, the, and he came out and he said, you know, this is the best I've felt in my career so far, which is a little debatable. Looking at how he was in Miami, it's like, okay, LeBron, let's not stretch your comments a little too far here. But then he comes out. Then he comes. The they come out. The Cleveland Cavaliers. They do. They come out against the uh, Atlanta Hawks on Sunday, and they lose to a Hawks team. By two, that was on an eight-game losing streak. Possibly the worst team in the NBA. Possibly the worst team in the probably NBA. Probably will be. Yeah, probably will end up finishing worse in the NBA. Dennis Schroeder had a huge game. Real uh, big supporter of Dennis Schroeder. I think he's a very good player. But And then LeBron, you know, 
two weeks before those comments that he made after the Washington game of him feeling the best he did in his career, he was saying, oh, I'm in terrible playing shape right now. And the thing that just gets me with him is, like, how how is it that you come out and you're you're all, all of a sudden, after two weeks, you're feeling great? He's I'm the, the, That's just the thing that irks me with LeBron. Like, don't I, get, I got you. I got you. I'm going to sum it up for him. What? He's a clown. He's supposed to be. Yeah, he, he's he, a clown. He came in as Pennywise for, right. for Halloween. But it's just, it's just, LeBron <laughs> is just. This is what he does. He just he plays mind games with the media and he just does this. And it's yeah, just like one day he wants to be loved and the yeah, other day he wants to be the villain. Like, it's like what are you trying to like, do, Nick? Realistically, like if you look at him, it it really takes you what like maybe a quarter or a half into the season to really get yourself going. And LeBron, like don't get me wrong, he's a tremendous athlete and he is able he's probably you could debate he's the best athlete in the world right now he's one of the best ever you know you don't know you know how he's really feeling day to day and what he goes through you know maybe he did but like really we look at the history of the NBA and how long it takes some players to adjust and get back into playing shape like he is a specimen but really like after a week or two you're back to normal and, uh, yeah, and especially because he made comments in the beginning of the year yeah. where he's like, "I'm not feeling it." Yeah, exactly. But all uh, of a sudden, just because shape. just because you get 57 points, he's which back. Is a, yeah, he's back. No, 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 <laughs> just no, no, had no. a good night. Like that's a great night, but your team still got struggles, and you're gonna wait for Isaac. They're an old team, man, and they're gonna need some more youth movement in there. And maybe LeBron's think like we said, we LeBron said. may be thinking, you know. L.A. Time. or time something, to a time to go somewhere else. Maybe he'll switch sides and go over to Washington. They look pretty good. Maybe they don't they have could, money. They don't have money, but LeBron usually makes a way to whittle his way into whatever he wants because you know, he is LeBron. But True. that's LeBron. But uh, moving on to one prediction that you made in the power rankings, yeah. Nick. That you talked about. You want to you want to take this one? I said Drummond's been working on the free throws. Andre Drummond. Bad boys are back. Bad boys are back. Eh, kind of. I guess. Yeah, true. Drummond, Drummond's free throw shooting Drummond's is, true. you know, bringing the bad boys back. But no, he's shooting 70, uh, 77% from the free throw line. Got his game up. Got his game up. Still and early, but. It is. It, it's kind of. It changes just, the whole dynamic. It, for yeah, the but it, it kind of presents the question of does, does it mean that Drummond really uh, turned a corner here? Or is it just kind of like. Well. He's. Is it's a fluke or what do you think? Well, the, the season will have to tell, but yeah. it definitely changes the dynamic for the Pistons because they could keep him on the court in the last like four minutes four of the minutes. game. Although they, I, I believe the NBA made the the um, the rule change. The rule still. change, but yeah, exactly. But still, um, if he can hit free throws and maybe even develop a little mid range game in there, Drummond is a. <sighs> Let's let's keep yeah, stick let, to free throws first, and then we'll get <laughs> yeah. Let's let's keep it a, little, a couple more post moves would be nice for him. A Drummond. couple more post moves would be nice for Drummond, but I, he's a, he's a power specimen. He could uh, he's really good with his back to the basket. He's got a nice little hook shot. He could finish around the rim. It's just the free throws, and if he great could, rebounder, great rebounder, pretty good defender, blocks. Too. But if he just incorporates that just ability to stay a little above average or average at the free throw line, seventy percent is fine. Not. Not 30% because, no. oh, my God. He was statistically the worst, or he is, I believe. I mean, because I don't think that 8 to 10 games that we're in right now is, is no, what's going to bring his not. free throw percentage up from the past, what, two to three years. So what he has right now is getting him on the right track, and we'll have to see how he uses that and what he's going to do 
for the team. You know, yeah, so, Van Gundy and the boys. How are they going to do? The bad boys are back or not? I think so. But Rob, what do you think? Does it trade? Does it change his whole? Um, like what Pistons wanted to do with Drummond moving forward because yeah. they were they wanted to trade him. Yes, it does. So, it kind of looks like what if he can if he can keep himself like that. It's like we got our guy. You so know, do you think they still want to trade him or no? No, I don't think Van Gundy. Van Gundy just although he did trade Dwight Howard, but that was for a whole another reason because they both hated each other. But I mean, Drummond's not as good as Dwight Howard at that stage in his career. But um, Drummond is. Uh, he's a powerhouse, and he's a guy that you can build. Uh, I don't, not so much now with the three-point game, but he's got to kind of expand his game, and that starts with his free throws. But really, still looking, young. Yeah, he is still young, a UConn product, of course. UConn, we got to always respect him. Um, but looking at it, yeah, I think that he can succeed with the Pistons, and I really think they should hold on to him. Uh, they, you know, they put in Avery Bradley. They got. Stanley Johnson and Reggie Jackson. I don't know about Ooh, those, those role players. Yeah, Canard. They're going to need a little extra oomph for, for their team yeah, to really make something happen. I don't know if Drummond's really that superstar, but he's no, definitely but a he star. Definitely help he's out. definitely a star piece of the puzzle for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, um, last, the last little uh, Drummond fact, he's the only player from UConn to be one and done. Yes, that is a is. true true fact for yeah. our UConn Huskies. Only facts. From yeah, Andre Drum. Yeah, only facts from Nick Paravalos. <laughs> um, moving on to another kind of weird situation when it comes to a big man, the Philadelphia 76ers. Trust the process. Jalil Okafor. Uh, they want him on the trade block or they don't want him on the trade block or they're going to buy him out. What are they going to do with him? They probably trade him. Probably gonna end up trading him, but they've devalued him pretty much oh, because tremendously. because of the DNPs do not play. He's they're <laughs> just keep him on the bench in his nice little suit jacket, whatever he's rocking on the sidelines, and just keep him there and don't really collecting checks. Y- yeah, he's just collecting <laughs> checks at this point, which he can kind of you know. I mean, he, I'm sure he's a little disappointed. He oh wants yeah, the ball, man. yeah, he wants to play. He does. Um, but that's what happens when you can't really. Once again, a guy that really can't shoot, can't really hit free throws. He's a finesse kind of offensive player. He can rebound okay because he's what seven foot. Yeah. Um, but he's got a, you know, he's probably gone knowing that Joel Embiid is there. But looking at it from that that point too, Joel Embiid, they need to kind of have a backup because we don't know if he's going to stay healthy. And yeah, if they, they have... really want to make a run in the weak Eastern Conference, they may want to hold on to him. They got but... Amir Johnson. Yeah, p- probably fill in for that with Sakrik, right? Uh, Saric, Saric, yeah. Saric, Dario, Saric. Yeah. yeah, he can move into power forward then, probably. Um, so, wh- where do you think he'll get traded to? Uh, with your- a buyout, with a buyout, which they are discussing, which would kind of be a weird That'd thing be to have for them. Yeah, it would just be weird. I could see him two destinations at the top of the East, the Boston Celtics okay. or the Cleveland Cavaliers. The reason for the Cleveland Cavaliers is they can get them at a minimum yeah. or they could sign them very low, very cheap. And Tristan Thompson is now out uh, for about, I believe, a month or so for a good amount of time. Jay Crowder's been really struggling, so they kind of need to plug in a big guy. All right. Channing Fry's old. They don't really want him. Kevin yeah. Love may have an issue. Again, he's going to be on the injury kind of wire, you know, whether or not he's going to be injured or not. And then you look at the Boston Celtics. They could possibly use a guy to pair with uh, with 
Al Horford down there. Aaron Baines isn't really going to do anything for them. I could see him going there. In terms of a buyout Yeah. Perspective. In terms of a trade, where yeah. would you think? The Atlanta Hawks were being oh, talked about. Sure. The Atlanta Hawks, although they were saying Kent Bazemore would be in the deal. That, that would, would be, be big that time would be for Philly. Big time for Philly. Huge for Philly. Why the hell that the Atlanta well, Hawks are trying would... to tank? They're trying. They're trying. Yeah, Atlanta Hawks. They they're going to be bad, so at least try to get some value, I guess. But Bazemore yes. could probably get traded for a little more. Yeah, Bazemore is a really good player in my mind. I think he's very good. Uh, they want to get you a little youth movement back into the Hawks, so that kind of makes sense from that that point of view. Uh, another team that I believe would be good for that. <laughs> I would believe that would be good for Jalil Okafor that you disagree with Don't is the it. Brooklyn Nets. I believe he would fit in perfectly. How? How? I'll give you my reasoning right here, Nick. Let's hear it. You have a big man. All right, first of all, you're going to get better with anyone other than Timofey Mozgov. Okay. Oh, my God. The reason – you got D'Angelo Russell in that trade, so he's but he's been balling out like we predicted. Yeah. First time All-Star, but, we think, all right, this so year. So you think it's an upgrade for Mozgov? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll counter. Mozgov doesn't play defense. Okafor can finish around the rim, low post. He can't shoot. I'll counter. Why? 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 Jaheel Okafor is not the move for the Brooklyn Nets. Because? First – we have we have a youth in center position, Jared Allen, our rookie, yeah. coming off the okay. bench. Who he'll, he'll eventually take Mozgov's space probably by next year. But Mozgov's not playing fourth quarter minutes. Just slot in Trevor Booker there. Okafor make it a not, smaller lineup. Yeah, yeah, we play very small. Yeah, Okafor does not fit the system that the Nets play because they're running and shooting threes. He can't shoot. Right. Yeah. So he does not fit. If we slow it down and then dump, like, give him like I guess three possessions in the low post, they see do. what he could yeah, do. Yeah, they are really then, trying with the Nets to make it a three point kind no, but of. But that's what we are. Yeah, we're we're running, shooting, going back on defense, running. I don't. We're but, not even playing defense. But <laughs> yeah, but but if it is true that how what you know a lot of people are saying reports are that he's going to be sold for a small price. No, I would take him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Considering our big men like are Mozgov, Allen, and Zeller. Like, if you could just be like, oh, Philly, you know what? We'll give you a couple veterans. You want Trevor Booker or no, – No, Booker I don't think will get traded because he's he's producing. Who would them. you take from that They'll team? Probably, the, the Nets will probably give up like a Quincy AC. <laughs> Quincy AC. And like a second-round pick. Yeah, I mean that – and Quincy AC and a second-round pick for a, a third pick in the draft. That third pick. Who is number sort- two? D'Angelo Russell, Russell exact pair two and three together. See how they do. You could. I uh, like it. I like it. I would live with it. Okay, but that, but so this is my I, destination. I kind of talked you back off the ledge of not wanting Okafor. I, here. I still don't want him, but I mean, if they went <laughs> down, I would take him. This is where I think he would. He would probably. Where, where would you where think blossom? You'd... San Antonio. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I like Cause, that because they'll slow the game. With a they buyout. play slow. Yeah, I don't even think a buyout. They could just trade like a second round pick for him. Yeah. That would be some because if you put him in with Popovich, Popovich, and, and he'll maybe, get his touches down low. Maybe even just have him come off the bench to well, fill he in, would. Fill the, Aldridge and Gasol. Yeah, but Gasol is gonna eventually get injured. Like I, that usually happens. Think? But even if you paired him with Aldridge down low, that would be a very kind of deadly they, little they offensive. They lost. They lost uh, Deadman in the offseason. Dwayne Deadman. Yeah. Yeah, and they lost. What's his name? David Lee. David Lee, yeah. So maybe they need a big that man would, down low. I like Oka Nick, I like that. that. That's yeah. a good dark that's horse, a good baby. point. Very dark big dark horse for the wow. 
I, that just blew my mind there. I think that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Jalil Okafor, secret prediction to go to the San Antonio Spurs by Nick Paravalos. You want uh, another team? Who? Uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee? Yeah. Why? They like youth. <laughs> but they're also, they want guys quick, that can run yeah. up and down the Jalil Okafor is not exactly, not exactly. I know. I I said he wasn't the best athlete. I I already said that with the Nets. (laughs) All right. Okay. I'll take it. I'll I'll take it. Uh, Another topic to discuss, of of course, for this past week, uh, the past couple games, actually, huge performances by some big top NBA talent, big aspiring talent. We got, of course, we mentioned LeBron James scoring 57 points for the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Washington Wizards. James Harden. The cook himself cooking up uh, some points for the Houston Rockets the other day. Uh, scored 56. So he's been balling out, James especially Harden, with Chris man. Paul out. They need him to be playing very well. And they had also for the New York Knicks, Kristaps Porzingis has been KP. like averaging. KP's been averaging like 30, close to 30 now. He's balling. He is balling out. So we got some early and uh, MVP candidates. I don't know about Porzingis MVP, but <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But no. he's definitely balling no, out. I don't I don't I really don't like the Knicks hype already is getting a little aggressive for me, so yeah. I'm not really gonna comment Eastern on it. Eastern conference play of the week. Christoph Porzingis. Yeah, so I'm not really gonna comment on it because I, I, I think too much Knicks talk is gonna get me aggravated and just gonna you know I don't think too many people want to hear about the Knicks, uh, even though they are five and four. Watch out! They're what six six seeds so far in November. It's yet. only week three. Yeah, exactly. So why you know everyone, there's going to be hype with them because they're New York and they're the Knicks. They'll so. catch up to them eventually. But James Harden is balling out still. Giannis has been balling. So you got some early. Those are realistic early MVP candidates, and of Harden. course, and of course, LeBron, who likes LeBron, complaining yeah. about everything and crying about everything, is of course in the mix for <laughs> the MVP. So those were some good performances that we had so far. Westbrook's been balling. Westbrook has been balling as well. So, uh, looking at that, we'll transition onto the fantasy. Still taking a hurting from all your fantasy boo boos. Well, here's your fantasy first aid from Rob and Nick. Yep. Nick, you want to take it take it away? Donovan Mitchell's my number one pickup of the week. Donovan Mitchell. Why are you from taking Donovan Utah Mitchell Jazz. from Utah Jazz? Yes, because, you know, they have – well, since we discussed in the beginning of the year, Donovan Mitchell's – he needs to fill in for Gordon Hayward. Yes. So there's, there's minutes to be played. There's points to be scored. And Mitchell, he's got the talent from Louisville. As the rookie, um, he had a huge monster dunk, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So he's my guy. He's Your my guy. number one pickup this week. Yes. Donovan Mitchell is the number one pickup for Nick. I have some other ones. I'm going to the waiver wire right now to pick him up. <laughs> right now in our right, league. Right yeah. now. Looking at some more, I got uh, looking at Norman Powell for the Toronto Raptors, averaging 9.3 points per game, 2.1 rebounds. 2.3 assists. He's a guy that you may want to scoop up on your team. He's a guy that you can plug in for the Toronto Raptors. That is a, just a scoring machine if you need him for a quick game or a quick week, If depending on if you're in a daily or a weekly league. He's a guy that you definitely want to keep your eye on, Norman Powell. Frank Nielakina is our next guy. Uh, even though I'm not a big fan of what the Knicks are doing and whatever, he's possibly going to be slotted into the starting point guard role. Jared Jack, I highly doubt, will be 
starting for the rest of the year for the New York Knicks. There's going to be eventually be a time where Neil Aquina is going to be your starting point guard, and he's been his last game with the, along with the Porzingis. Uh, not triple-double. Uh, I would be surprised if he got a triple-double. His 40-point uh, game, Neil Aquina almost had a double-double with 10 points and 7 assists. And I, the game, I think, before he had about 9 points and 5 assists. So he's a guy you want to keep on your eye, especially with the Knicks at not having a point guard spot. Don't know when Jeff Hornacek is going to plug him in. So far, he's only averaging 4.7 points, 1.4 rebounds, and 4 assists. Yeah, Tony Snell is, my, is another player I, I Tony like. Snell? Why Tony Snell? You know, he's. I think he's starting right now. Still, he's averaging 30 minutes a game, 10 points, two two assists, uh, two rebounds. I, I like that. He's not bad. Tony Snell's Listen, all right. if you're in a deep league and you need players, but this is this is where it's at. He is. He you is gotta a good take, option. When you're picking up players for basketball, you got to take a risk. Unless yeah, there's a major he's a, injury. He's just a risky guy. I Why? Just feel like because. You don't know Milwaukee's just so deep with young talent that I just can't rely on Tony Snell. But right. I mean, if you're just picking him up in a daily league, like sure with a matchup, but for long term success, eh, eh, Tony Snell, not really, not if you really. Need what him I for want. the week, but yeah, for the for the week, yeah, you could plug him in. But for long term, that people were sleeping on because he had some struggles at the end of the year and not so far, but he's uh, this year, but he's picking it up now as Emmanuel Moutier, averaging so far 12.4 points, 3.5 rebounds, and 3.5 assists. He's a guy that you definitely want to keep your eye on. I like Moutier. Moutier, point guard for the Nuggets. Uh, unfortunately, Paul Millsap on that team is not doing well for me on my fantasy team, so it kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, but that's... they do have a lot of talent. Poor, poor ta- drafting. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the poor draft. Yeah, my team's still... Still pretty solid overall. But looking at Emmanuel Moutier, he's a guy you definitely want to keep your eye on because he is a, a an athletic point guard. He could, He's working on his jump shot. He's, he can get to the rim. He passes very well too. So definitely keep your eye on Emmanuel Moutier. He's a guy that you could keep on your lineup for I think he is. a good couple of weeks, maybe even longer than a couple of weeks. See the starting point guard there? Yeah. Yeah, he is. But so, he, is, exactly. he is injury prone. So you definitely want to keep your eye on Moutier. Dwayne Dedman and Tyson Chandler are a couple big men that you could look. They're averaging uh, – uh, Dedman, who we were talking about before, is averaging 9.7 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 0.7 assists. Tyson Chandler is also averaging 0.7 assists, which is kind of funny, 9.5 rebounds and 7.7 assists. So that's kind of like a – I don't know. It's a little bit like a backwards kind of thing with the rebounds and points. But those are two big guys if you're looking for centers because center, center, the center position is kind of thin. Unless you're like me, we draft all centers. Yeah, unless you draft all centers and get guys like, I don't know, Marcus Gasol or – you know, Aldrich that you can get him. I mean, put I, got, in I got DeMarcus, Jordan, DeMarcus, Yeah, so if you plug in guys like that, but uh, if you don't have them, these are two guys that you could really look to have in your lineup. Dwayne Dedman and Tyson Chandler. Chandler's a consistent 10 rebounds, so that's, that's, he is, that's what you need. I'm not a huge Tyson Chandler fan. You're not a fan because he's a Nick. He's he was, an ex-Nick. He was, he was an ex-Nick, and I, I don't know. He kind of left with a bitter taste. But Yeah, would you rather him or Joakim? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention him here. Yeah, Joakim Noah. Do not mention Joakim Noah. That, right. no, 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 no. Okay. But, yes, <laughs> if you want to pick up Tyson Chandler, he is a good option for your for your team at the center position. So that's our top fantasy pickups for week three. That's our show for week three. We're getting the podcast on iTunes very soon. We're still on YouTube, still on SoundCloud, so definitely subscribe on the YouTube channel and subscribe or share and subscribe on 
SoundCloud. Definitely share on your social media. Follow us on Twitter at Talking True Hoops. That is the yes, that is the Twitter handle. They they cut me off at you know like a couple characters. I don't know how much how, how long it is. It is at Talking True Hoops Damn though. Twitter. Yeah. Damn Twitter. <laughs> uh, but definitely follow us on Twitter. We're getting it on iTunes to open up the listeners. So Nick. Yep. I'm excited for the iTunes. We're gonna get on iTunes, compete a little bit more, get us get our get our podcast out there a little more. But definitely subscribe, share, like, everything like that. Robert Schlatter signing off, as well as Nick Paravalos. Yep, Thank let's you very hope much. For, uh, big week four. Big week four, guys. See you next week. Come back again for NBA Talking True Hoops. Your stop for straightforward basketball talk with Rob Schlatter and Nick Paravalos.